Empowering you with strategies to succeed. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. I'm so glad you joined us for another podcast, and I want to thank you all that have been messaging us, that you've been listening and sharing it with friends. I love to hear that, so please keep it up. Listen, I have somebody with me as our guest today. We have been sitting here for maybe a good 10 minutes or so trying to figure out how long we have known each other. (laughs) So everybody, I am so thrilled to have my good friend, Rachel Schaefer, is our guest. Rachel, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. Well, we figured it out, we think, that we have been friends for about 15 years. Yes. Which is amazing. Now, we kind of knew of each other and our families, you know, were connected and friends for a long, long time, but it was about 15 years ago where we actually spent more time together. Yes. And so you get to know a lot about somebody in 15 years. You do, especially when you work together. It's true. It's true. (laughs) So let's tell everybody how we met. So your parents Mm -hmm. pastor the Oasis Church in Middletown, Ohio. Yes. The very famous Dr. Tim Sheets. (laughs) right. Tim and Carol (laughs) Sheets, amazing pastors. And I had the honor of kind of coming here a little bit in and out because we lived about an hour away, but coming here mm. during youth group years. Right. And then for a long time, my aunt and uncle were the youth pastors on staff with your mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And then totally ironically, I wound up coming <laughs> on staff here right. years later as the youth pastor and kind of whatever needed to be done. Mm-hmm. But it was about that time when you stepped in as a worship leader. Right. So that was... It was around, I guess, 2005? Yeah. Yeah. So you've been leading worship full-time for 15 years. Yes. But really kind of grew up in, you know, the ministry, ministry family, and see you were always a singer. Right, yeah. Even yes. before I started leading worship, I was part of the backup team and yeah. played keyboard and things like that. Yeah. yeah. There's so much because I know you that I, now, right now I'm pinging like questions I want to ask you. So right. this is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. um, but before, yes, I didn't check any of those with you before we um, no. started this. So aren't you excited about I'm that? I'm so excited. Yeah, because if there's anything I know about you, it's that you love surprises. I do. And the unexpected. Mm-hmm. I don't like to plan anything out No, you're at not all. a planner at all. Nope. Just right off the cuff. Just go with the flow. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Ha ha ha. Okay, well, okay. speaking off the cuff, so yes. I love to start out asking our guests a few questions so that people can kind of get to know you a little more. Okay. So, first off, easy breezy, what is your current go to Starbucks drink? My current Starbucks drink is a skinny iced caramel macchiato. Ooh, good. I like to drink my hot coffee at home in the morning. Uh-huh. And then when I'm out and about, I'm usually thirsty. So yeah. I'll get an iced coffee. So that's like your afternoon caffeine kick. Yes. With just a little bit of sugar. That's right. Love it. That's okay. Good. That's a good one. I'm going to remember that. Okay. Okay. Is there a book you're reading right now, or maybe you have recently, that you're just like, I love this book? And I know you're a reader. I am a reader. Yeah. I'm in the middle of a book right now called The Simplified Life. Ooh. And it's just about 
decluttering different areas of your life. And as yeah. a mom of four kids, we have a lot of clutter. Yeah. And so it's just about simplifying things, your rooms, your schedule, just everything so that I you like can focus this. on what's really important. And yeah. so it's been really good. That's so and, good. Do you remember who wrote that? I think it's Emily Lay. Okay. L-E-Y. Okay, but it's called The Simplified Life, so mm-hmm. you can probably find it on Amazon. Yeah. Man, yeah, who doesn't need really that? Good. I Definitely. love that. Okay, good. I know okay. everybody's going to appreciate that. Emily's <laughs> Amazon sales are just skyrocketing right. right now, so you can thank Rachel Schaefer for that. Okay, and then what about, is there like a product? One of the things I love about women is if we come across something mm-hmm. that's working for us, we tell all of our friends. We tell yes. everybody. I think those peer recommendations for women go a long way. So do you have yeah. something that you're like, I just love this right now? Could be anything. Okay. Recently, my daughter is 17 years old and yes. she is totally into makeup and does a beautiful job. Yes, she does. So I did ask her the other day, I said, how come your makeup stays on all day long and looks beautiful and by four o'clock mine is off my face and looking horrible good question so she said urban decay all nighter Uh, i think it's called all nighter setting spray uh, you spray that on i've been using it for about two weeks now and i absolutely love it it's made the hugest difference i don't have to reapply my makeup yeah it's really great it really works yes there we go a makeup product that absolutely works and urban decay makes that yes Yes, that is a really good one. That's a good one. Okay, you heard it here first. All really okay. good tips. Thanks for sharing those. You're welcome. So there's so many things I want to talk about. Let's just say right off the bat that we're just really excited because you and your husband, Mark, mm-hmm. have walked out quite a journey yes. over the course of the history of your family. And mm-hmm. with, there's probably no way we could even get all of that. It would be like a right. volume of podcast. <laughs> It'd make a fabulous movie. Yes, it would. Yeah, so there's that to consider. But (laughs) we want to touch on that some, but the really exciting thing is you were offered a publishing contract with Destiny Image, Mm -hmm. and so this amazing story, real-life story, is going to be coming out in your book. Yes. I am so thrilled about this. Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. I think it will offer hope to a lot of people who are walking Yeah, and I love things. the title. Did you stay with Expect God? Mm-hmm. Yes. Killer title. <laughs> I love that. Expect God. Yeah. And you really, I mean, I, I loved, I got to read kind of the first chapter, and I love the, the way that you tell it because just the story itself is enough to stop you in your tracks and go, oh, my word. Right. But you really tell it in a really personal and I thought pretty vulnerable way. Mm-hmm. That I had tried. to take some guts. I mean, was that a conscious yeah. decision that you made that you said, I'm not just going to tell this. I'm mm-hmm. going to talk about what this felt like and... yeah. Did you choose to write it that way? I did. I wanted it to be for anyone could just pick up the book and read it and know exactly what I was going through, even if they didn't know me. Because I feel like yeah. my friends at the time, they knew what I was going through. I didn't necessarily have to talk about how I was feeling. Right. But for someone else to just be able to pick it up, not knowing anything about me, anything about what had happened, yeah. and really get the full picture of what was going on. Yeah. So that was definitely a conscious decision I made to... Well, Put it all out there. <laughs> well, and I really commend but. you for that because I think, you know, it takes a lot of bravery. Yeah. I mean, I just know myself, you know, 
when you sit down to write a book mm-hmm. and other friends of mine that when you're pulling things from your own life, there's kind of this moment, I think, right. in your writing where you're like, am I really going to say this mm-hmm. this way? Right. You know, and it is a vulnerable experience. Yeah. But, definitely. you know, it helps so many people. I hope so. To not whitewash yeah. it, mm-hmm. you know, and and to just say... Okay, yes, God did this, but in the process, this is what it felt like. Right. You know, and so I love that. Okay, so kind of walk us through. We kind of became friends Mm -hmm. when I was on staff here. You just had your firstborn, Maddie. Okay, yeah. Madeline, who Mm -hmm. is a doll and is obviously carrying the torch of leadership. Right, yes, she is. (laughs) In the the family line, one of those born Mm -hmm. leaders and just... Feisty and full of life and smart. But then you and Mark had Mm -hmm. decided you kind of wanted to have your kids two years apart. Right. And so then that kind of set off a series of events. So maybe give Mm -hmm. us a few highlights of what that has been like because we started with Maddie, your oldest. You now have four. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so when Maddie was, she was about two years old. Yeah. We decided we wanted to expand our family. And it proved to be a lot more difficult than we thought it would be because we didn't really have any issues with my pregnancy with Maddie, but we had a harder time getting pregnant the second time. And then I did become pregnant, but then we had a miscarriage. And so at that time, with just one miscarriage, it's pretty common. I mean, a lot of women tend Mm -hmm. to, you know, one in four women have a miscarriage. So, you know... The doctors were like, it's not a big deal. Right. I mean, it is a big deal. You're losing a baby, but you can go on and have more. Yeah. So we kept trying, and over the span of three years, I ended up having five miscarriages. And it was a very difficult, hard season that Mark and I were walking through at that time. Yeah. Um, Just with loss after loss and heartache after heartache. And after our third miscarriage, I was done. Like, I didn't even want to try anymore. And I wanted to start looking into adoption at that time. Wow. And Mark wasn't really on board Mm -hmm. then. So I just, you know, prayed about it and talked with my mom a little bit about it and just kind of put it on the back burner, but it was still in my heart to Mm do. And um, after a while... You know, I won't go into all the details, but Mark and I got a lot of confirmations, really, from God that we were supposed to adopt. Like, really supernaturally. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And in the span of two weeks, I think we got 10 confirmations. Yeah. That, okay, you're supposed to adopt, and not only are you supposed to adopt, it is supposed to be from China. Like, there were no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Right. So once we got that final confirmation, we moved forward, and we moved forward with the adoption of our first child from China, which was Lily. Mm -hmm. And we brought her home in 2007. Mm -hmm. And you were there for that, which was so fun. Yes. It was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And then, so shortly after bringing Lily home, I think it was about four months after bringing her home, Mm -hmm. I found out that I was pregnant again. So at this time, I I had had five miscarriages. But after my fifth miscarriage... God had told me I would not have any more miscarriages. But at the time, I didn't know if that meant I just wouldn't get pregnant again or if it meant, you know, something was going to happen. I just didn't know. Right. So when I got pregnant, that was so for the sixth time Mm -hmm. I was pregnant. 
And we were having a big conference here at the church at the time. <laughs> you were actually one of the first ones to know <laughs> that I, I was pregnant. I am like, memories <laughs> are flooding back to me right now as you're telling this. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you and I were pretty much, we were on staff at the church, but yeah. we just did whatever we were asked to do. Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. And Which so- <laughs> is what being on staff really well, means, right? right? That's true. I mean, you might have a title, uh-huh. spot, and responsibilities. Right. But I think this is a good point to just stop and pause and say, sure. really, being on staff at a church means whatever it takes to keep mm-hmm. the ship moving. <laughs> That's right. right. Yeah. Like, it would never have occurred to us to say, I'm sorry. Right. That's just not what I'm on staff yeah, here to do. That's not my job title. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's keep going. Okay. That was a good side part there. <laughs> right. Yeah. I literally had just found out, I think, days before that I was pregnant again. Yeah. And my parents didn't even know. Yeah. So. And this conference was massive. It was huge. It was a huge conference. Thousands Lots of, of guest people. speakers. Thousands of people. Like, it was a big thing. Yeah. I was leading worship. For the event, yes. so I was here the whole time, and I knew I was going to have a really hard time keeping yeah. the secret. So I told my parents first, uh-huh. went into their office and told them. Yeah, and then I think because you and I were doing what we were told to do, we were supposed to go get like huge cases of water and cases yes. of pop, like all kinds of big heavy things. Yes, yeah, and because of my history uh-huh. of miscarriages, I was terrified to do anything yeah. that would potentially cause something. Yeah, which really, if your pregnancy is right a successful one, it wouldn't have been a problem. But I was so paranoid about yeah. it. So I told you, I'm like Jen, yeah. you're going to have to do all the heavy lifting. That's why you're because, here. <laughs> because I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. So. <laughs> yes, and I yeah. can remember just being like. Right. We need to strap you to I a know. cart. Like, you should just go wait in the van. I know, right? You know? Put your feet up and yes. just, I'll go. Yes. <laughs> Sit in the Chick-fil-A and I'll go get it. Right. But that was very fun. And that pregnancy was smooth. No it complications. Was. Yeah. And I ended up having a son. Yeah. That's when we had Jude. Yeah. So that one, that was great. And there were no complications. And, um, you know, they monitor me closely, but everything was fine with yeah. that. So you have a virtual newborn from, well, how old was Lily? She was um, 14 months old when we brought her home. So she was about a year and a half when I got pregnant with Jude. Okay. So she was. But you'd only had her here for like three or four months? Yeah, three or four months. So you are adjusting to Mm -hmm. barely year old newborn from China that had a pretty traumatic Yes. First year. Yes. And now all of a sudden, after five miscarriages, that's mm-hmm. it. I'm done. Right. Now you're pregnant mm-hmm. in the middle of all that. Right. Yeah. So was there this place of like, dare I get my hopes up, you know, in mm-hmm. those beginning months and at the same time, I'm a believer in God. Like, yes. where do you place your expectation Yeah, in that? Was that kind of a struggle for you? It was definitely a struggle. I had that promise from God, you yeah. know, that no I would not have another miscarriage. Yeah. So I was quoting all the scriptures, you know, my vine will not cast its fruit before its time, you know, and trying to build up my faith so that good. way. But that doesn't mean I didn't have doubts. Right. I definitely still had doubts and was yeah. still worried and... Lily was going through a lot of things that we didn't know about. So in those first few trimesters that you're pregnant, mm-hmm. then Lily that you've adopted, you all find out pretty much right away, she's got some serious medical 
issues going on. Yeah. That's going to take a series of surgeries. Right. Pretty serious surgeries. Mm -hmm. And then you're being monitored closely because you're pregnant. Right. Again. Right. Would you say walking out that season, Mm -hmm. would you say it's true that you really can have faith for the promise in your heart Mm -hmm. and thoughts of doubt flying through your head? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think the greatest battleground is in our minds. Yeah. Because that's what we're constantly fighting with. And we have to fight with not speaking everything that we're thinking. And that's so good. That was huge for me during that time and really proved to be something I would need later on. Wow. In the future with my other children to just be careful, so careful about what I was speaking, even if that's how I was feeling. And I could have those honest conversations with God. Mm -hmm. He knows what I'm thinking anyway. So I could just speak to him about it and, but not voice that into the atmosphere. The atmosphere I created was one of faith. And I, I love the way you chose how you just described that, which Mm -hmm. was really your choice of how to walk that out. Because I think you and I, from growing up in church, and I think a lot of people can relate to this scenario where you see people go through stuff and they, they're, they're so wanting to believe God, mm-hmm. but rather than just taking those thoughts that are bombarding their head and being genuine with the Lord right. and ending on their place of faith, do you see where you know people instead, they just try and like almost hyper whitewash mm-hmm. over, you know, it's like everything's going to be fine, everything's going to be fine, everything's going to be fine right. because they're trying to maybe just pretend like that stuff isn't there because there's a fear. Right. But the way you walked that was so genuine mm-hmm. and personal with the Lord to say, even though this is what's going through my head, right? I choose to trust you. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. so powerful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And was that a choice you had to make over and over again? I would... Oh, definitely. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, hourly, I would have to remind myself of that, you know, yeah. every day, just remind myself to you know, focus on God and focus on what he said and not focus on my fear. Yeah. Yeah. So with Lily, I mean, this could be a whole podcast in and of itself, but like, and this is almost terrible to try and summarize this way, but Mm -hmm. it would be like major surgery and they would go in saying, you know, this should really make a difference and only to come back with a a really terrible report about her future, what her life would be like. Mm -hmm medical issues ongoing that could go worse right before they go better right and so over and over again yeah you had to hear those things mm-hmm. and then stand on what you believe right how many surgeries did she go through she has had as far as major surgeries yeah I'd say she's had four major ones mm-hmm. and by major I mean they were Two of them were over 12 hours long, like major, major surgeries, long recoveries in the hospital, and then longer recoveries at home as well before she was even allowed to go out Mm -hmm. in public, really. We had to learn different ways how to care for her. You know, Mark Mm -hmm. and I both had to be taught on site at the hospital before we could even bring her home after two of those surgeries so that we knew how to care for her. So it was a lot, nothing that we ever expected, and I never, ever had any desire to be in the medical field or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But God just 
graces you for what you need to do yeah. and what you need to learn. And he definitely graced us during that time to, yeah. to learn things. Do you feel like you have earned a medical degree with all the time? Right. I spent? feel like, yes. yes. You can call me Dr. Rachel. Yes, <laughs> I, think we, I think we should. <laughs> so you have Maddie, Jude, mm-hmm. and Lily. Yes. And things kind of begin to calm down and find their place mm-hmm. with Lily. And she's just absolutely gorgeous. Yes, she is. So <laughs> smart. Yes, definitely. I mean, crazy smart. Mm-hmm. When you talk to her, it's like talking to a 40-year-old. <laughs> right. You know, I just love that girl. Okay, mm-hmm. so, but you have a fourth. We do. Okay, so <laughs> tell us about about little Javen. Okay, so I think when we first went to China to adopt Lily, mm-hmm. I think the seed was planted even then that we would probably go back for one more. Wow. But we just, you know, timing-wise, and we never really talked that much about it. Mm-hmm. And then when everything happened with Lillian on her medical needs, that just, we needed to get through all of that. Yeah. So when Jude was two, I just started really feeling the pull to go back to China, and this time for a son. And so I started talking to Mark, and he was like, what in the world? You know, why are you thinking this? And he wasn't <laughs> hearing the same things I was. And, wow. you know, so we really, again, even like with Lily, I just started praying about it and thinking about it and trying to discern if I really was mm-hmm. hearing from the Lord or if I was just, you know, yeah, wanting to do this on my own. So anyway, long story short, on what is considered Orphan Sunday here in the U.S., uh-huh. I was giving just a little brief presentation at our church about adoption and sponsoring and things like that. And on the way home, we were talking about, and I said, it would have been so great if I could have said, and we're going back for another son. And Mark just said, let's do it. Just like that. And I didn't ask any questions. I just took that and ran with it. And so we did. And then a few, I don't know how long it was, maybe a few weeks later, I was reading through my journal And I do not remember having this dream, but I had written down a dream that I had had in my journal that said, it said I had a dream that we went to China and adopted a son with a cleft lip and palate. And when I looked at the date, the date of that ended up being exactly nine months to the day that we were going to China to get Jaden. So it was like... You know, God, you know, birthed it through a dream yes. that I didn't even remember having until I read my journal. Thank God you wrote it and down. And then, yeah. Wow. So it was just another amazing confirmation yeah. that we were supposed to adopt. Wow. So we went back and got Jaden in November of 2011. 2011, yeah. you got Jaden. He was 16 months old. He had an unrepaired cleft lip and palate. Okay. And it was repaired surgically shortly after bringing him home. Yeah. Yeah. And he just turned eight. Just turned eight. Was it two days yes. ago? Yes. Two it was days two ago. Two days ago. He turned eight. Mm-hmm. And he is just also such a bright boy. He is, yes. And he's so sweet. He is very sweet. He is a precious boy. <laughs> yeah. But you kind of also then, mm-hmm. this moment came where you had to fight for him. It's just been one year It was last January. Mm-hmm. And I mean, intensely yeah. so. Very very fighting for him mm-hmm. and the doctor's report was not good no not at all how long were you in the hospital with him we were in the hospital for 30 days with him and then once we brought him home it was still another three months and what was that diagnosis 
Well, the official diagnosis would be a brain bleed or a stroke is what he had. That was the official diagnosis. He went in for surgery in January. This was another surgery to, it was to help with his speech. So he had his cleft lip and palate repaired. Mm -hmm. He was in speech therapy weekly, but we just weren't seeing the progress Mm -hmm. that we should have been seeing. Yeah. So this surgery was recommended. He had all the testing done for it. All of the doctors and speech therapists, everyone agreed that he should have this surgery. Yeah. So we decided to go to go for it. During the surgery, he had a stroke, but no one knew it. And so when he was brought out that first night, we knew that he wasn't fully awakening and we just were kind of thinking it was because he was on pain medications and still, you know, groggy from anesthesia. And there were so many different ways to write off what we Mm -hmm. were seeing Mm -hmm. that we didn't realize how serious it was. Mm -hmm. And because of everything we had gone through with Lily, Mm -hmm. we weren't really overly concerned. You know, this wasn't our first rodeo, so to speak. You know, we've been there, done that. And in fact, I sent Mark home. He was going off to work the next day, several hours away. You know, the surgeon told us that the surgery was successful, so we didn't have any reason to think that there would be any yeah. big issues. And in fact, we sent all the grandparents home. Mark's parents were with our kids, and then my parents were taking off for the inauguration in Washington, D.C. That's right. So we just sent everyone away because we really right. didn't all have any well. reason to think anything. Mm-hmm. But throughout the night, Jaden progressively got worse. He was eventually got to the point where they were putting an oxygen mask on him because he wasn't breathing, and no one could figure out why yeah. he wasn't breathing. And they were expecting him to start eating soft foods mm-hmm. really right away. They were thinking a couple hours after surgery he should be able to do that. Yeah. So we tried a small bite of chocolate pudding, and he couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so they kept coming in really almost every hour trying to get us to feed him, and he just could not swallow. Wow. So throughout the night, um, it got progressively worse. They ended up moving him to the complex air unit, mm-hmm. and that's when like the doctor came to me. I mean, at this point, Mark was gone, so I was there just trying to figure everything out. And he came to me, and he said, Jaden is losing this fight, and we need him to win it. And that was when I realized how serious it was. Yeah. And that's when I started putting out all the calls. I was getting mom and dad and saying, you need to fly back home and Mm -hmm. getting Mark and telling him he needed to come back and we needed to figure out what was going on, you know, with our son. That point you knew, here we are mm -hmm. kind of again in a fight for our child's life. Yeah, definitely. Now, let me ask you this. So you're a pastor's kid. Yes, I am. You're one of those saved your whole life, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Right. You and I, you know, we didn't have like, well, our crazy years, like our rebellious right. years were kind of comical. We didn't really have rebellious <laughs> didn't, years. I, yeah, I'm like, I can't even think yeah. of anything. <laughs> I, I came home late from Dairy Queen. I'm so sorry. Right. So you're just kind of like, I was taught the right way from the beginning and that's the life I live. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking about like that mentality in that place where when you walk through hard stuff. Mm-hmm. stuff that you're looking around and you're going, okay, I know people that live pretty crazy that have never spent 30 days in the hospital with their son. Right. I know people who live pretty shady mm-hmm. that have never really had to fight for their child's life. Yeah. And you're pretty much having to contend for your your children. Right. You know, one, one right yeah. after another. 
So I have to ask you, like, was there a place where you kind of were having to deal with, really, God? I mean, I, yeah. I, I know you're not the author of this. Right. But I have done everything I know to do. Was there that yeah. kind of thinking that you had to deal with and then put in place? And turn it around? Yeah. I think I was so overwhelmed with everything with Jaden mm-hmm. that... I didn't really think that much, honestly, about why is this happening to me type of a thing. I definitely had those thoughts during my miscarriages Mm. as to, you know, I'm a good kid, you know, or, you know, I'm a good girl. You know, they called me goody two-shoes, you know. Right. I definitely had those thoughts then. But I think I learned then how to just take those thoughts captive, you know what I mean, and not really go there. So I think with Jaden, it was just so serious and so intense that I didn't really go there. I just, I mean, I immediately went to God, but I didn't really have those thoughts with him. Do you think that those battles before Mm -hmm. kind of got, because that was so critical. Yeah. Do you think that walking those out, kind of, you went in locked and loaded? I definitely. Yeah. I definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when we store things up in our hearts daily, mm-hmm. even when you're not going through anything, you're just storing God's word in your heart or spending time with him, then when those intense times do come, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit has a place to pull from. You so know, good. He can pull and say, you know what the word says. Yeah. You know what God says. And yeah. so I think that's why when we were going through it with Jaden, yeah. I didn't really have those moments because wow. Holy Spirit had a different place to pull from. Wow. Because you, you had know. been building up. Mm-hmm. That's so, so good. So. Yeah. I remember, and I think you put this in the book, and I'm, I'm just thinking okay. about all that storing up that you're talking about you mm-hmm. did during that season of walking through those miscarriages. Mm-hmm. And you really talk about your your personal time with the Lord. Right. And the Lord's, I'm trying to remember how he said it, but you wrote something about how the Lord said to you in your personal time with him, now don't let this steal your song. Yeah. Do I have that right? Don't let Satan steal your song. Don't let Satan Mm -hmm. steal your song. Yeah. Because of the way that it, it looked. Right. And so those kind of full circle Battle into mm-hmm. victory really then got you ready for this. Right. You knew like. Yeah. Okay. Right. You you have come at one least. step too far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am finished with you. <laughs> right. So 30 days in the hospital. 30 days in the hospital. So during that time, the first week, we didn't have a clue what was going on. Yeah. Or as to why, you know, all of a sudden he wasn't able to walk talk, couldn't sit up, couldn't swallow, like, and no one knew why. That was the frustrating thing. No one had any idea what was happening. And that was when, like, Mark had finally made it back Mm -hmm. home. And so we started alternating nights at the hospital. So I would go home and he would stay some nights. So one of those nights that I was home, it was like Jaden had been in the hospital only three or four days. Mm -hmm. And uh, I knew that I needed to spend some time with God because I was just so overwhelmed. And I just sat at the piano and opened my Bible and said, I don't even know where to turn, but God, I need to hear something from you. I need a word, a verse, something I can quote. You know, I just needed something. And so I very clearly felt prompted to go to Psalms 31. And Mm -hmm. so I started reading that 
out of the message version. And so many of the things were just speaking into Jaden's specific situation. It was wow. talking about God breathing for us. And it was talking, and at that time, Jaden couldn't breathe on his own. Yeah. And it was talking about hour by hour, day by day, I'm healing you. And so to me, I started thinking, well, that, you know, he's been in there hours and days. Yeah. And so maybe this isn't going to be a quick process, uh-huh. but the word says hour by hour, day by day, it is coming. Wow. So I started decreeing things like that over him. And then yeah. that Psalms ends with the verse, be brave, be strong, don't give up, expect God. And uh-huh. so that became like, that's what I clung to. Yeah. I sat right there at the piano and in 30 minutes I had what we call Jaden's song, uh-huh. expect God. And I sent it right away to Mark and said, play this, start playing this for Jaden. And we played it for him all the time, just held the phone up to his ear and they played it at church and, you know, people started, you know, praying those words along with us and, you know, it became the Facebook hashtag, expect God, you know, that's after everything the doctors would say, and then I would put expect God. Yeah. And yeah, that's where that came from. It is amazing to me that while you were walking through five miscarriages mm-hmm. and it looking like you have no no family beyond what you have like you right this this will be it mm-hmm. and the emotional I, you know I've walked I remember that period of time with you yeah um, and I've you know walked through other friends going through miscarriages mm-hmm. and just the emotional even as a believer Right. You know, the emotional part. I know there's women that are going to be listening to this that have walked through those. Right. But so in the middle of that, you are pouring your heart out to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And while you just have Maddie, having no idea the family God has in store for you. Right. What God says to you is, don't let Satan steal your song. Right. And then on your fourth child, it is this song. Mm-hmm. that he downloads to you right that becomes the weapon of your warfare right to pull him through yeah and you had to choose in the middle of five miscarriages freshly behind you mm-hmm. and in the middle of that God says I need you to keep singing right exactly and you had to choose to grab that having no <laughs> idea that yeah. someday child number four's life would be contingent on you not losing your song. Right. And just to throw this out there, Jaden's middle name is Song. So his name is Jaden Song oh. Schaefer, which we had no idea a song would be such an important part of his life when we named him. Wow. Yeah. Jaden Song Schaefer. Jayden I didn't song. even know that was his oh. middle name. Yeah. That is. is so amazing. Yeah. I mean, I know you're a worship leader, but, you know, as believers, we're all worshipers. Oh, sure. In one way, shape, or form. And mm-hmm. I know that's always been a huge part of your devotional life because you are so gifted musically. But that there's so much in the Word about our praise and our worship. Right. And I know you've done quite a few messages here at the Oasis on that. Mm-hmm. And that's such a powerful key in the book where you talk about how powerful that is in life when the enemy right. throws stuff at you. Definitely. Whether it's a life-critical situation or it's, you know, how am I going to pay the mortgage or where am mm-hmm. I going to find this job? Yeah. I mean, you've really seen the power of what worship can be. Definitely. Definitely. And you still use it, I'm assuming. 
yeah. on the non-critical <laughs> days. It's in still the my go-to. Household. Yes, yeah. it's still my go-to. It really is. I just good. spoke a message here. The basic tagline is, what you magnify, you are surrounded by. And oh. so just keeping your focus and magnifying God no matter what, yeah. in the good and in the bad. Yeah, so. what you magnify, you are surrounded by. Mm-hmm. That is so good. Yes. Wow. So you have walked through just battle after battle yes. and come out victorious. Yes. Your beautiful family growing. Beautiful family. Jaden is, we were able to bring him home after 30 days in the hospital. Yeah. He was sent home still with everything. Like at that point, he still had a feeding tube. He still couldn't swallow. He had a wheelchair. Yeah. He had um, just all kinds of hospital equipment that we were sent home with. But day by day, you know, just like the song, we started seeing things slowly coming back. And, you know, I'll never forget he was actually with Mark the first time he swallowed. And so I got a phone call and it was Jaden on the phone. He just said, I swallowed. And I mean, I think I started screaming, you know, I was so excited. And he is back to his normal. He's a miracle boy. You know, he is a miracle boy. Yeah. He is, definitely. Yeah. Miraculous healing. Wow. Yeah. It's so exciting this book is going to be coming out because mm-hmm. it tells... What I love is you hear stories of the miraculous, and I don't think we ever get tired of those. But like I said, it's really walking out a miracle. Right. You know, mm-hmm. in the good moments, in the rough moments, yeah. what that takes to walk that out. And it equips people with understanding Look, do not get so caught up in the busyness of life that you are not, like you said, storing mm-hmm. the word in your heart. Right. Because inevitably you're gonna need it. Definitely. A day's gonna come mm-hmm. where you're gonna you're gonna have to have that. Yeah. So what do you feel like at this point is next for you? I mean, do you have things stirring in your heart like and so now, you know, I mean, I know you're raising a very busy family. We were just right. talking about your life on the ball field. Yes, exactly. I don't know how you had time to write this book and all that, but right. but what do you have stirring in you? Yeah, I really hope that this message, like with this book and with all that I've been through, I'm hopeful that it can be an inspiration to others who are walking through hard times. Yeah. So whether I can, you know, teach about these things or speak about these things. I know, you know, I've been in talks to do different events for like crisis pregnancy centers, places like that with different women and things like that. So I'm, I'm definitely hoping that this will spark hope in people who are walking through unexpected times. Yeah. That's so good. I feel like we could almost do a part two. There's so much. But I want to ask you this. I know there's people that are going to be listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are right in the middle of, you know, maybe something that's life critical or or critical to them. Mm -hmm. And maybe they're in that place where they do have faith in their heart. Right. But that, like you were talking about, that bombardment in your mind. Mm-hmm. So somebody that's in the middle, of they haven't gotten that good report yet. Right. What would you say to them in that place that they're in? I think when you're in that moment, you definitely have to climb the mountain, the mountain that's in front of you. You need to climb the mountain and get into God's presence. And you need to... It's good. I think... It's so important what you say. So if you climb the mountain and get into God's presence, 
and get a word from him that you can then come back down into your situation with. Yeah. So you climb the mountain, get into his presence so that you can come back into whatever situation you're facing with a word from God, with his perspective, even because when you do magnify and praise God, your focus is off of your problem. It's off of your circumstances and it's on the one who knows. Yes. And that's, that's what I would do. I would just get into his presence, yeah. get a word that I can speak into it. Get your perspective right. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Yeah. Rachel, it's amazing. I, you know, there are parts of, of that journey that I was just front and center for. I and know. then some of it, you know, we were all just kind of hanging from text message to text message. Right. And seeing all your kids now and you yeah. and, and how God is taking this journey and mm-hmm. helping so many people. It's it's really remarkable. Yeah. And I'll tell you what's going to be awesome. It's just watching your kids grow up and just seeing like, right. what are these kids <laughs> called to do? I, I mean, know. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. But that's the legacy of your family too. So thank God for godly parents. Yeah, <sighs> definitely. I'm glad I had them. Yeah. <laughs> that I know stood by you, but also mm-hmm. that's all you knew. You know, for as long as you can remember was, hey, we believe God. That's right. We speak the word. Definitely. thank God for that. Yeah. It's exciting. Now, right now, the book is slated to be released for 2019? Yes. Spring of 2019. Spring of 2019. Mm -hmm. Expect God with Destiny Image Publishing. Yes. Awesome publishers. They've published a lot of your dad's books. Mm -hmm. That's going to be so good. And I know when that comes out, that'll be on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, wherever they can get it. Yeah. And then so many of you that are listening... Listen, Rachel, and I would say this if you weren't my friend, Mm -hmm. phenomenal (laughs) communicator to have come in and speak to your church, your group, not only this story, but the principles that you walked out. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so much in that book beyond even what we just got to touch on today. But I know it's going to be the difference maker in a lot of people's lives. And I just thank you. I'm so proud of you as my friend. Thank you. For just having the courage to just tell it, tell it like it was. Yeah. And like it is. And it's going to be awesome to see what God does with it. Thank you. All right. Well, we are wrapping this up. Really, we're going to dinner. We're starving. That's the truth of it. So thank you all so much for listening. Hey, if you want to find out more about Rachel Schaefer, there are messages of hers that are on the church's website, Mm oasiswire.org. But then you can go to her website, rachelschaefer.com, right? Mm -hmm. Is your music on there? There is a link, yes. Okay, good. To Oasis Worship. So a lot of the songs that she's written that they do at the Oasis in major conferences Mm -hmm. here and around the country, those are on there, info on the book, and how you can contact her, rachelschafer.com. Go stalk my friend. You're on Facebook and (laughs) Instagram, too. Yes, I am. Are you R. Schaefer on Instagram? Yeah, R. Schaefer. Yeah, and then she's on Facebook. Check her out. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Thank you, Rachel, for being here. Thank you for having me. You are the bomb. We will see you back here next month. Hey, if you are just coming across this podcast, you can go back and listen to the archive. And if you want to find out more information about upcoming events and things we're doing, you can go to my website, jentrangale.com. Have a great week, everybody. We love you. We'll see you here soon.